Amen. I love and appreciate Brother Jared Hilton, and I want him to come tonight. I want him to take his liberty. I want him to obey the Holy Ghost and preach what God has put on his heart tonight. Amen. Come and preach to me tonight. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Um, I'm grateful to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Grateful for his presence. Grateful for all of you who are here. Amen. Do you mind sending that song to me again or whoever's got it? I want to sing a song, and you could be seated if you want to. Just feel the spirit of the Lord here. I feel like the Lord laid uh, some direction on my heart early this afternoon and uh, thought I had direction yesterday, but um, things change, and as the Lord would have it, uh, I, I just want to do what the Lord wills, amen, and um, before I go any further, I want to say thank you to Pastor for this opportunity. If um, I'm humbled by his remarks, I, I felt like trying to crawl. Now, these chairs up here feel like toys compared to the old ones. They are so much smaller. I feel like I'm, uh, they're just so little. And so, I, but I was trying to figure out how I could hide behind those chairs while Pastor was talking. I, I don't want to. I don't take his comments lightly. I know he means everything he says. He's a man of discipline, a man of his word, um, and I love my pastor very much. And uh, if I can, if we can reflect the image that he's shown, Brother Goff and I, my brother, and those, Brother Nelson, those who are part of this church, ministry ministers coming out of this church, if we can uh, just bear a reflection of pastor's ministry, I think we would be considered successful by most, and then pastor's an esteemed man in in the apostolic ranks. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for the mercies and the grace of God. It, it was, we, we went to Israel last week, and amazing. Thank you, Pastor Sister Reagan, for letting us tag along. I bet you guys are <laughs> tired of me. But but um, I got to spend a lot of time with Pastor Sister Reagan last week, uh, but in a special place. We were in Israel, and looking around, learning so much. Everywhere I looked, I felt like I was learning something new, seeing something new, seeing something different. But the terrain out there is very rugged. You, you're in mountainous areas. Um, if you talk to a Colorado native or somebody from Idaho, uh, they wouldn't call them mountains, but they, for us Kansans, they're as big a mountains as you can find. But uh, you, I looked around and I saw mountains and we came over the Mediterranean Sea and landed there in Tel Aviv and you have different different bodies, different areas that um, serve various purposes. But I want I just want to sing a simple song and I'm definitely not a member of the Gaither Vocal Band. If you know who those guys are. Um, 
but this song is one of my favorites. I sent it to Sister Goff this early this afternoon, and she jumped right on it. She's awesome. And, um, and uh, so, but I was, as I was looking across the mountains last week, I was thinking about the mercy that God showed to Israel when he dr- pulled them. Well, firstly, he, he called Abraham, or Abram at the time, out of Ur of the Chaldees. This was a man who committed himself to God, chose one God out of a pagan multitude. And he committed himself and obeyed God's command. And based on that, based on his relationship with God, God established a covenant and a promise. And that's a pattern you'll see throughout the Old Testament and on into the New Testament, on into today's world. God is simply looking for somebody to talk to him, to have a relationship with him, and he'll give you the world. He'll give you everything that you're looking for. All you ever need, all you ever hope for, you'll find in God, in the promises that he's given. And I want to just sing mountains of mercy because he's given me so much mercy. I want to sing oceans of grace because he's given me so much grace. Amen. Let's sing it. Amen tonight. In a dark, lowly valley of a desert so dry, my soul was so thirsty for the water of life. With no real direction, I was lost as could be. But then I met Jesus, and Jesus showed me mountains of mercy, oceans of grace, love and forgiveness, taking shame. I've traded all my doubts and fears and every sin I could not erase from mountains. From the height of my weakness depths of my sin. Thanks for helping me out there. I was finally forgiven of all I had been. Just like a prisoner from darkness set free. When I touched heaven, oh, heaven touched me, mountains of mercy, and oceans of grace. He showed me love and forgiveness, and he took away 
and fears just give it to him and all your sin he can erase through mountains of mercy and oceans of grace just one more time mountains of mercy and oceans of grace of grace. Come on, have you been there? I wonder if anybody could testify. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
Jesus. Come on, let's thank Him right now. for the blood of Jesus, for his mercy, his grace. Amen. I feel his presence in this place tonight. Amen. I'm thankful for the faithful saints of God. Amen. Who never forget what God has done for them. Hallelujah. Amen. Matthew chapter 21 will be our text tonight. Read four verses of scripture, 12 through 16. That would be five verses of scripture. I don't believe I will be long-winded tonight, but I, I do have a burden for several in this place tonight, and I believe the Lord is going to help us. Amen. If you'll help me, I think we can accomplish what the Lord is done wants to do in this place. Matthew chapter 21 verse 12 through 16 says, and when Jesus, and Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Everybody say, he healed them. Amen. In spite of everything that was going on, God still did what he came to do. Verse 15, and when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased and said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus saith unto him, Yea, have ye never read? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise. I want to speak to you tonight on this subject, perfect praise. Why don't we just lay down our Bibles, ask the Lord to help us tonight. Hallelujah. Let's not just go through the motions, church, but let's tap into what the Holy Ghost would like to do tonight. God, I'm in desperate need of your help. I cannot do anything on my own. I trust you fully, God. Know that you're able. Hallelujah. Know that you're willing, God. Say that you need to do, God, in the word now. Hallelujah. Put your heart filled. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. You could be seated tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe that there may be some here that are perplexed, that are troubled. Amen. That might be uh, encumbered with various responsibilities and, and issues of life. Amen. But I've come to talk to you tonight and potentially try to help you with the help of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And not only those of you who have not, uh, that, that are 
encumbered with those things. I really believe the Lord uh, dealt with me specifically about uh, an individual. Amen. But beyond just that person. Amen. There's more in this place. Amen. That have been acquainted with the matter of Pentecost, the subject of Pentecost for all of your life. And you have it down. You feel like you have it, it uh, figured out. Amen. And, and uh, I, I want to point out that today is the day of Pentecost, uh, or, or as we celebrate it here in America, just two days ago, amen, was the Jewish holiday. Amen. And, and Pastor mentioned that this, this morning. Amen. And Pentecost is our heritage. It's the it's the thing we look back to and long for in a modern apostolic church. We want to see Pentecost in 2023. Amen. We, we want to see God pour out His Spirit again. Amen. And do the things that He did then. We want Jesus, amen, to walk into the room and as He did in the temple in our text, amen, heal those and meet the needs that are in the house. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But... Amen, as we'll talk about, and, and I'm, I'm going to do my best, amen, to reach both to, to whom I believe the Lord is drawing me to reach tonight, amen, but um, the, the, let me just, just kind of explain, amen, that uh, when, when Jesus walked into the, the, the temple that day, we're talking about literally thousands of years of tradition, that Jesus walked into, and uh, and he walked in on this on this situation and saw people just kind of going through the motions, kind of uh, kind of doing what was expected of them, and so uh, when when Jesus walked into that, uh, he decided that he was not happy with the things that were going on, Amen. And instinctively, and it was it was. It was a natural reaction because God was the one that designed what was going on in the temple. And he had a purpose for everything and every individual in that temple. And when he walked in and he saw those people doing things that were not what he had expected them to be doing, amen, he had a reaction. He had uh, an instinctive reaction. Amen. And we're, I'm looking at, amen, modern, the modern church world today where, where God, there are multitudes and multitudes of churches and and thousands yea even millions of people attending churches even today on the day of Pentecost amen and they go to the church they listen to their their preacher their speaker and they sit down and then and he tickles their ears and then they go home and nothing's changed amen nothing's different they're not any better Amen. They go back to their drugs. They go back to their alcohol. They go back to the same old lifestyle that they were living before they came to church. And um, that's not what God designed church for. That's not what God intended for church. He wants this place, these altars, to be a place of repentance. A place where you can turn around. Where you are fed up with your lifestyle and you decide, hey, I'm, I'm done living this way. I want to make a change. I mean, that's what an altar is for. I mean, that's why churches have altars. 
Amen. And then when you feel the Spirit of God moving as you have in this service tonight, that's the bidding of the Holy Ghost trying, amen, to reach out to you and try to get you to respond to Him. Hallelujah. 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 The Bible says in Isaiah, Old Testament Scripture, 35 verse 8, and an highway shall be there. Not like a little alleyway. Not just this little uh, country road, but this is a highway. You can't miss it. It shall be there and away, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men. Though fools shall not err therein. Pastor, I think... The church world today has overcomplicated what God has originally designed. God said even fools can make it. Now, I'm not calling anybody in here a fool, okay? All right? <laughs> Amen. I'll aim my, myself on that one. Not calling anybody a fool. But the scripture is saying if you were a fool... You, are, you should be able to find your way on this holiness highway. You should be able to make your way, amen, on this pathway. Romans chapter 1 verse 20 says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. They are clearly seen. You can, if you just open your eyes, you can see the things that the Lord would like you to see. Being understood by the things that are made. Even His eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Amen. To many today, there are, to many today, um, you don't hear a lot of preaching that is convicting. In fact, the other day I saw um, a video on YouTube. It was a short. And... Uh, this man posted a video, and it was a simple scripture, and he just put the word repent on it. And YouTube took it down because they said it was violent. That was the tag they, they put on there. I, I, I honestly cannot believe that. I, I don't understand, amen, the, the mentality there. Amen, it's clear that there are some who are truly interested in changing and living for God, that want to follow after God. But then there are some that have no interest, amen, in following after God. Amen, I believe that I'm preaching to a few, amen, here tonight that are interested in living for God. Amen, that want to please Him. Is that true? Do you want to please God? Because it's not hard. It doesn't take a rocket scientist. It's not, it's not something that, that you need, amen, to deliberate for long unless you're, uh, you're, you haven't made up your mind yet. That's the, the only reason that you uh, would, would hesitate is if you haven't decided. Because the plan is clear. The direction is clear. And 
Throughout, you can read your Bible. I don't know how many of you, uh, I know there are some here that definitely have read through your Bible. Amen. But there may be some here that haven't. And if you haven't, I encourage you to do so. Amen. Because as you read through Scripture, you can see God tweaking here and making adjustments here on his people. Trying to get them to become more, more specific in their praise. More Perfect, if you will, in their praise. He's trying, he, he initially started with the tabernacle in the Old Testament. Where, well I can even go back before that, but I'm not, I, I don't want to take too much time here. I don't want to go too slowly. Amen. But he designed the tabernacle after the fall of man. Let's start there. After the fall of man. Where he designed the tabernacle. And he chose a people, said, come out from among the world. I don't want you to look like them. I don't want you to talk like them. I want you to completely separate from them. Come over here, and I'm going to, here's a, here's a system of worship. And so they begin to do that. But then over time, it becomes tradition. It becomes um, just going through the motions, just doing it out of obligation, no feeling. And, and what God is looking for is feeling. God is looking for you. I, I know this isn't deep, but I'm, I'm just trying to talk to somebody tonight, amen, that, that God is not looking for uh, uh, a theological dissertation. He's not looking for some uh, revelation. He's looking for worship. He's looking for you and me to love him. That's why he sent his mountains of mercy. And that's why he sent oceans of grace. So that you and I could assemble in this place tonight and worship him. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Now if, if we're not careful, we'll read right over that. But I want you to notice what Paul is saying. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. What I'm doing right now, some consider foolish. And the Bible says those are the ones that will perish. But if you've taken the time to consider, if you've taken the time to listen, if you've taken the time to, amen, and, and gone beyond just mere time, but invested your own faith and said, this is what I believe. I believe what the man's preaching. I believe, amen, what I'm hearing. Then you will not be among those that perish. Paul goes on to say, but unto us. Which are saved. It's the power of God. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I feel the power of God. Even right now as I'm speaking tonight. Amen. The power. It doesn't have to be hyped up. It doesn't have to be, amen, dr uh, dr dramatic and, and uh, produced. God's power is already here. 
Verse 19 goes on to say, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world, by wisdom, knew not God. It pleased God then. By the foolishness of preaching, to say, I know this is not a normal Sunday night message, amen, but I really feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm saying right now. I'm telling you, I, I want to please God. I've come to please God tonight. And then he said it pleases God by the foolishness of preaching. You are looking at a foolish preacher. I don't have much to tell you other than what God has to say. Amen. But I want to preach tonight to somebody. If you believe. That's the only qualifier is if you believe. Hallelujah. 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 Please God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Verse 22. For the Jews require a sign. And the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jews a stumbling block. Unto the Greeks foolishness. You won't find this in a university. Friend, you won't find this in your Greek textbooks and, and, and all of the other literature that's out there. Except if you're considering the Holy Bible. That's where the power is. Hallelujah. That's where you will be changed if you'll take the time, amen, to truly wrap your mind around those eternal words. If you'll take the time, amen, to invest your heart and your soul. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, I see many, many, many young people my age, amen, that have spent their lives at the feet of Anybody, really. Whatever's the trendiest idea. Amen. And I'm foolish to them. I, I could be even a stumbling block to some. Amen. But to those who believe, this is what saves us. <laughs> In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Can you honestly say you believe that? It was God from the beginning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it was the same God, amen, who became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. Amen. He walked among us. Amen. He healed. He, amen, divided, amen, those who believed from those who did not. 
the traditionalists versus those who truly believed. I mean, he found, amen, a group of people that said, I believe in God. I believe in a God. I believe in a Savior. I believe in one who heals. I believe in one who delivers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 24 of the same passage in 1 Corinthians 1. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise after the flesh, not many mighty, and not many noble are called. I heard a preacher, amen, quoting the same passage. And this was back in the 60s. But he made the statement. I wasn't in the 60s. I was listening to a recording. But he made the statement. I was born in 93, folks. That was like a long time ago. I was trying to get you guys to laugh so I could take a drink. Didn't work. I'm kidding. But the this man made the statement that he knew of two, a state senator in Texas and a, and a representative in Louisiana who both had the Holy Ghost. Evidence by speaking other tongues. I was blown away by that. That that would be amazing today. With somebody that had the Holy Ghost that would represent us. I doubt we're going to get that again. Amen. But my hope isn't in a senator, a representative, or a president. My hope is right here. Hallelujah. Amen. In Israel, the thing that struck me was that this was the city, or was called the city of David. This was, the, this was Israel's home turf. Yet now, amen, over the course of time and different struggles and things, amen, they've been segregated into a, a corner of it. They don't have access to what was theirs before. And the thing that struck me, or the thing that is, that is, I guess, that jumps out at me is that I think those Jews placed too much on their immediate uh, political endeavors. They wanted too, they wanted too much to have a building. They wanted too much to have. Amen. A representation here on earth. Even still today, you can go there. And I, 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 I am a, I, I, there's no question about my support for Israel. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. But they go to the Wailing Wall and they hearken to a day when they used to have a temple. And I was listening to one man speaking on the subject and he made the statement that, that, that the, uh, that the temple lives on in their memories and in their prayers. And, and the fact of the matter is, it, it doesn't. That's an old and antiquated method of religion. religion. That's an old antiquated religion. It's useless. has no power whatsoever. You can pray. You can put as many papers in that wall as you want to. Somebody's going to come and collect them. 
and throw them in the trash. And those, those Jews do it day in and day out. This is what they're hoping for. They're praying for restoration of the throne of David. They're praying for a restoration of, of, of a physical location. And they missed the whole message. <laughs> they missed the, the thing that God designed. When he walked into the temple that day, they missed what he was trying to do. He came in on the donkey and made a symbol of humility. And yet he was overthrowing their hopes and their dreams. And so they didn't accept that. It wasn't their perception of how they should praise him. It wasn't their idea of how they should worship. It wasn't how they thought it would happen. And so they ignored him. I mean, I'm not just here to talk to you about Israel. I wonder if, if we come to church with that same mentality, or we go to a church with that same mentality. I've got certain expectations. I think this should happen, and that should happen. And God is saying, I've already given you the plan. I've already given you the, the method of perfect praise. I, I, you don't have to... Do any guesswork. You don't have to hope and dream. You don't have to let it live on in your memory. It's here and it's available. It's available. Hallelujah. The foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish, the foolish things of the world to, confute, to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. Why? That no flesh should glory in his presence. Verse 30, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Hallelujah. Those mountains of mercy, the oceans of grace are not because of anything that I have done. It's all because of Jesus. Amen. It's because of his great, amen, selfless sacrifice. Amen. He's the one that created this world. He didn't have to save us. He didn't have to reach down and change me. Of him are ye in Christ. Who of God has made to us wisdom. If you're not the wisest one in the room, you've got the wisest one available to you. If you're not the most righteous among us, your righteousness is in Christ. And if you don't feel sanctified, you can be sanctified through Jesus. If you're not redeemed, you can be redeemed by the power of Jesus. 
Amen. According as it is written. If you want to glory, if you want to have joy, if you don't wake up on a Monday without any question about whether or not you're saved, if you want to go to sleep on Friday, amen, not regretting the actions of the preceding evening, all you've got to do is avail yourself of what Jesus has given to us. Hallelujah. Amen. It's trendy in Pentecost. Amen. To polish our presentation. Amen. To amen. Turn on the lights and turn up the music. Amen. And amen. Turn up the bass woofers and begin to produce. Uh, amen. Something. Amen. That resembles what we used to know. Amen. But I'm looking. Amen. Today. Amen. At a new. Testament congregation, amen, in which the power of God's word resides. The power of God's truth resides. Amen. That's where, my friend, you'll perfect your praise. Amen. It's not, amen, at the beat of a drum. And it's not, amen, under the sound of cymbals and, amen, piano and voices singing. But it's your own voice. Amen, it's your own repentant heart. Amen, it's your own soul crying out to God. Hallelujah. Jesus made the statement in our text that we read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings. Hast thou perfected praise? He didn't quote the Old Testament scripture exactly. The Old Testament scripture talks about giving out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou given us strength. I wish I'd put it in there. And maybe I did in somewhere down here. Is Psalm 8 in that list? Okay. Maybe I should just go there. Verse 2, 8 verse 2 of Psalm. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength. Because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. That was the scripture that Jesus began to quote. Amen. But by the time he got to the end of it, amen, he decided, amen, to ad lib. And he's God, so he can, he can do it. Now, we are not, so we can't. We can't add to or take away. Amen. But Jesus, when he quoted this passage, he said, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou perfected praise. Hast thou perfected praise. I wonder what he meant by that. I wonder what Jesus meant by perfecting praise out of the mouth of babes and sucklings. I have a number of times seen Brother Ollie Amen, running around the front here, totally unconcerned about anybody, especially mommy and daddy. Just enjoying himself, having a good time. Amen, and I may be just simplifying this too much. Amen, but I, I think that's what Jesus was trying to get these folks to realize. These are prestigious Jews. 
that he's speaking. Men who have been at this a long time. Jesus, you can't tell me what I know. You can't tell me what I don't know. I already know it all. But Jesus comes in and says, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou. And they say, wait a minute, you're quoting it wrong. He says, hast thou perfected praise? You guys have missed the whole point. I'm looking for somebody, amen, to offer, amen, they're so irrespective of who's, what's going on around them. Hallelujah. Jesus told the disciples in Mark chapter 10, verse 13, and they brought young children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said to them, Suffer the little children to come unto me. Forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. This is the, the very constituents of the kingdom of God. You want to understand the fabric, the material of which God wants to make his kingdom? Unarrogant. Thoughtless, almost, children who come pleading. When Ollie was younger, I'm sure there were times in a grocery store or at a doctor's office or any myriad of places. I'm just using my imagination here. I'm sure maybe Ollie wasn't like this. But at times he needed something, a drink. Something to eat, a toy. Amen. And would begin to cry. Mom. Lifted his voice without concern. In fact, he just didn't know what was going on around him. And 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 when perhaps to give him a toy, he begins to play with the toy. Amen. Right there in the middle of the office space. Truck ramming it to the wall over and over and over and over, making hideous sounds. And, and the only one embarrassed is mom. Because I'm of the age where I know I'm no longer talking about Ollie. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody now. But the, the only one embarrassed is mommy and daddy. Because they know better. They know that plastic car should not ram into the wall over and over and over. It's making too much noise, and now we're getting everybody's attention. But, all, but not Ollie. The, the baby doesn't know that. Just having a good time. And so, that is, I believe, amen, this might be too simple for those of you Amen. And you just wait for next Sunday or Tuesday even. Pastor's coming back and he'll bring something worth listening to. <laughs> Amen. But Jesus said, suffer the little children. Allow the little children to come unto me. And forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. That is strong language. 
he said that in John chapter 3 too. And I've heard pastor preach on that a lot. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except ye be, except, oh man, I got I to gotta read it. I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to get all kinds, I'm probably already going to get jokes after. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's definitive. And we preach that as doctrine. And it is doctrine. It's truth. Jesus said a similar statement in verse 15 of Mark chapter 10. Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, verse 16, put his hands upon them and blessed them. Wouldn't it be nice if Jesus just took us up in our arms, gave you that blessing that you're asking for? I believe he could do it tonight. I believe God, amen, is in this house tonight. You want absolute deliverance? You want absolute victory from alcohol, from nicotine? I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Let's just talk to the Lord. Jesus, we need your touch. Pray that your spirit would move in this house, across every pew, to every heart and mind in this house. Hallelujah, Jesus. We know that you're able, God. We come believing you. I don't want to come with any pretense. I don't want to come to you with any arrogance. I don't want to come to you with pride or Jesus, I need you tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. And at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. Amen. Perhaps you feel like the outcast. Maybe you feel like the one everybody looks down their nose at and that you're not worth enough. But, but I'm here to tell you tonight that God wants praise out of you. God wants you to give yourself to Him. And you can offer a perfect praise. I mean, you can offer... I mean, it doesn't require, amen, amounts of knowledge. It doesn't require, amen, experience in theology and, and, and religion and, and, and all of that. All it requires is a simple cry. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I need you. I need your presence in my life. 
Hallelujah. I need your touch. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Michael, the daughter of Saul, was born and raised in a prestigious home. Amen. No doubt she felt a lot of pressure all around her. She was the princess. She had to live up to certain standards. In fact, she was the first princess. She was, she was the first daughter of the first king. And she began to develop this mentality that here are the certain ways that things have to happen. A king ought to do this, shouldn't do this. Here's the way. And, and maybe she's looking at other nations and learning from them and realizing this is how we should conduct ourselves. One day she got married to a man named David. And he became the king. The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 14, that David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of a trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And the Bible says she despised him in her heart. Wait a minute. This is not, I never saw dad do that. This is not normal. Plastic truck running into the wall. I, this is off. We don't do that. She despised him in her heart. Skip down to verse 20. Then David returned to bless his house. Behold. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king of Israel today who uncovered his, himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. And David said unto Michael, It was before the Lord which chose me before thy father and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore I will play before the Lord. And I will yet be more vile than thus. Baby, you haven't seen anything yet. You haven't seen me on the backside of the hills of Judah. You haven't seen me with my harp. You haven't seen me singing my songs. Amen. I will be more vile than this. I've got a testimony about what God brought. He chose me to be a king. He chose me, amen, to lead his people. He chose me, amen, to have victory, amen, in this nation. He chose me, amen, to overcome every enemy and every obstacle. Amen, he chose me. Somebody in this house, amen, needs to get a revelation of the fact, amen, that God, amen, didn't choose your neighbor. Amen, didn't choose the one, but he chose you. 
Hallelujah. 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 Amen. And God, amen, when you get that revelation, when you get an understanding, amen, of the mercy, of the grace, of the ability that God has given to you. Hallelujah. To the power of the Holy Ghost after repentance. Amen. After the infilling of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues. Amen. That's where you will perfect your praise. Amen. It's not gonna be on an on a I mean on a pagan altar. It's not gonna be amen in the barroom. It's not gonna be amen sitting amen with your friends or in a relation in an, an illicit relationship. Hallelujah. God created you, amen, to worship Him. God created you to praise Him. God created you to live for Him. Amen, let's all stand together. The Bible tells us that Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child until the day of her death. I mean, until the day of her death. What a... What a shocking judgment. Because she let her pride and her arrogance override what God was trying to do. Why wasn't she down there? Why wasn't she interested in the, in the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God? She wasn't interested in being involved in what God was doing. But David was, this was, in fact, she lived an entire lifetime, her entire lifetime, until getting married to David, without the Ark of the Covenant, out of the nation. But when David, when she got married, David said, no, we're, this is not going to happen. We need to bring that back home. And Michael didn't understand what was going on. It was foolishness. To her. She thought it was foolishness. It's a waste of time. What, what's going on? The priests are sacrificing. Everything's going on normally. Why do we need this? I mean, she didn't have children. I think the, I think the judgment of children, you can begin to play if you want to. The, the, the judgment of no children was symbolic. It indicated the fact that she was not like a child. She was not willing, amen, to humble herself, amen, down. Brother Bean tells a story of a couple of men that were preachers, but they were worshiping. I don't know the details. It's in his book, The Battlefield, if you want to go read it, but I don't know the details of why they were worshiping, if they were outside or, or what was going on. But these two men, preachers, were worshiping God. That's all he says, that they were worshiping God. And, he, and somebody reported them to the authorities because they were disturbing the peace. And so uh, a trial date was set, and it came. And Brother Bean said that they filled the court room with apostolics and in fact they they caused the judge to uh, to be concerned and and they put the uh, 
the two preachers in a holding area, and he went and talked to the prosecutors, like, what are we going to do? And while they were doing that, while they're deliberating, Brother Bean leaned over to one of his friends and said, I wish somebody would ask me to start singing. And his friend said, why don't you? Or let's do it or something like that. And so they started singing in that courtroom. And then a, a group of tenors jumped in. Brother Bean said a group of altos. And he said bass. I don't know what happened to the sopranos, but he said those three. And as they were singing, the judge comes out and says, this is your courtroom. This is your, um, I, I can't tell you guys to stop. I'm trying to find here my notes. Uh, I'm, I don't. So this is your courtroom, and I realize that, and I can't stop you from singing. And Brother Bean said there was a lady there that was perhaps associated with the Pentecostal church who was not sure. But she began, tears began to flow down her eyes, down her face. It was clear that she was not in church at the current time, but he didn't know whether or not she was associated with the church before. And it was evident that the Lord was working on this lady. He said that God was in that courtroom and that they didn't need the lawyer that they had hired. The man that brought the charges heard the singing and felt the power of God in that courtroom. Amen. But there were some other preachers there that were getting uncomfortable. They were concerned because the judge happened to be their friend. And they had already established a relationship with this man. And so they, they were getting uncomfortable because they knew. They were the adults in the room. They were the ones that... You know, this shouldn't be happening. This should not be happening in the courtroom. We, we're, this is not normal, not being respectful. That's the judge. Everybody calm down. One of the, um, the, the man that brought the charge, he made the statement at the end of the day. He said, I will, as long as I live, I will never bring another charge against these men. One of the deputy sheriffs that was there in the courtroom made a request to the, the impromptu choir and said, can you guys sing I'll Fly Away? And <clears throat> when they finished singing, they took up an offering to pay for the lawyer. And get this, the judge contributed a dollar. One of the other deputies contributed ten dollars. I just told you that story because I thought it fit pretty well with I was, what I was talking about here tonight. That in that courtroom, it might not have been comfortable for some, but it was perfect to God. God was enjoying what was going on there. His presence moved into that courtroom, and it stopped being a courtroom for a little while. If they can do that in a courtroom... What can we do when we come intending? That's what we schedule a Sunday morning service for. That's what we schedule a Sunday night service for, Tuesday night. Let's perfect praise. Let's give God perfect praise. Let's give to Him our all. Nobody's disqualified.
You don't have to have a degree in worship. You don't have to have, amen, experience. You just got to close your eyes. You just got to lift your hands. And it won't be very long and the Spirit of God will wash all over you. You'll begin to feel the presence of God. If you act on faith, you'll begin to feel God's Spirit. Once you begin to feel that, amen, the Bible tells us, Apostle Peter, amen, on the day of Pentecost, declared to a group of people who began to feel, amen, what you're feeling right now. They began to feel the presence of God. And they said, what shall we do? Amen. I don't know. I've never been in this situation. I don't know how to act when God's presence is here. And he said, repent. Just change. Make up your mind. You're not going back to the way that you used to be. Change your lifestyle. This is a calling. This is a bidding. Don't go back. Come out. If you repent, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. Want to get rid of that lifestyle? Want to forget it? Want to wash it away? That's a method to do it. Wash it away by the blood of Jesus. That's why he spilt the blood. He saved a drop for you. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right here. He saved just enough for everything that you've done, for everything that you will do. There's enough for you. There's enough for you. Why don't you come perfect your praise? Why don't you come lift your hands to the Lord? Why don't you lift your heart to the Lord as you do? Why don't you lift your voice unto the Lord? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I feel that same power. I feel the glory of God. Amen. Moving into this place. Why don't you lift your hands unto the Lord? Jesus, I need you, Jesus. I don't deserve it, but would you wash me? Would you forgive me? Would you change me? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, that's good. That's perfect praise. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You got to forget about what's going on around you. Just lift your voice unto the Lord. Hallelujah.